disorders We'll be talking about some games and morals Welcome to the Pyrosaurus Keep your honest friends won't bore us Welcome to the Pyrosaurus So we sum up this time for Then hello everybody and welcome to the Potosaurus. I'm your host, Timber Taft, alongside Ken. Hello. And this is part two of, of the, the Ken and Timber Taft assimilation of the podcast. Yes, part uh, two of we've, here. We, we've returned again, uh, beaten and battered from our from our time in, in the dinosaur wars. And, and, and Kyo and, and Fangirl, they didn't make it. But we're still here, and we're still going to give you the best, uh, n- not dinosaur-related podcast, but it's still named after dinosaurs podcast around that's mostly about video games. So let's have at it then. How have you been, Ken? Alive, I guess. <laughs> Alive, that's, I guess. That's, that's all that's I can ask for at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I remember hearing a very poignant line in an anime recently that effectively said, I really don't want to ask for any miracles. I just ask that nothing bad happens. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, you know, just nothing bad, please. That's good enough. Nothing bad, please, for the love of God. <laughs> but yeah, we've been, we've, been, we've been busy playing video games. I actually played video games uh, between games? between now. I've played so first of all I'm I'm going to give a blanket apology because last time someone asked about Fall Guys and I definitely definitely didn't understand what you meant. Since then I have educated myself about Fall Guys. I now own Fall Guys and have played several rounds of Fall Guys. So I'm qualified to talk to you about Fall Guys somewhat. So give me a detail of what the hell Fall Guys is then. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so Fall Guys is a game where you play as a bean, a jelly bean. Wait, you're and, a bean? I thought you were a person or like a dinosaur little thing. Well, you can dress up your bean as a dinosaur or a person, but at the end of the day, you're still just a bean. Fighting against hundreds, okay, exactly 100 other beans in a contest to bypass all of the obstacles on your way to the trophy which if you get it, you will be the best bean, and everyone will respect you as the best bean. That is how video games work in real life. Is the trophy to become, be able to become a burrito or something? I don't know. Well, so I think these are technically jelly beans. I don't really know if there's a deeper premise to this game, and I don't expect there will be. I recognize very much that, and I'm sorry, Fall Guys development teams, maybe there's going to be like a huge competitive scene out of this, but at a $20 price tag, I think it mostly just came with the right colors and feel at the right time. It makes well, people feel happy. It's kind of a fun party game. It's very Mario Party-y. It's, uh, and 20, it's, and it's 20, kind of a second presentation. It's for everything else, but it's free for PlayStation Plus right now. Well, that also that also helps. <laughs> free also helps. I mean, that's how, um, that's how Rocket League started, because it was a free game on PlayStation Plus. Yeah, I do see a lot more... I, th- I don't know. I feel like there's a lot more competitive merit to Rocket League, just because it's actually kind of got sports rules and, and does, like, sporty things. Like, in Fall Guys, there 
there can be supporting elements sometimes with the team games, but those are people's least favorite parts because at the end of the day, they just want to bump into a bunch of other beans, knock them into some obstacles, make some people rage, and eventually not rage long enough to get the trophy at least once. I have not yet achieved the trophy, but I have gotten fifth in one of my rounds, which is the best that I'd done. And I'm pretty sure I just got lucky because some of those is just straight up like... If you've done this course before, you're going to be immensely better at it than somebody who's never done it before, because some of it does take either guessing or just, like, course memorization, right? Just knowing where things are and how certain things work with one another as you proceed through them. But I don't think I actually narrowed in on exactly what you're doing, which is kind of getting through obstacle courses. It's basically like a ninja warrior with colorful beans, uh, and there's also a lot of beans, just to, to set the scene but it's it's a lot of fun i i have played uh several different courses some of them are more frustrating than others and it is kind of random which ones you get which can be a little frustrating but i have had like i don't know there's one where you have to go down this hallway of doors and each of the do- each each like leg of the the hall you have seven or eight different doors some of which are real doors and some of them are not now this sounded like a cool premise because I'm like, oh yeah, I just go up and you know if I can if I can guess the right door I can proceed on to the next thing. It's like, it's like that scene in Tower of God, and that would be cool. What isn't cool is that in addition to this being a guessing game, the first person to get the door right wins basically illuminates the, the path, wins the trophy, and illuminates the path for everybody else because all of a sudden everybody's like. Oh, well, that's the open door, so that's where I gotta go, and it just turns into a funnel. Everybody in the back just kind of gets squeezed out because it's turned into this bottleneck. And yeah, whoever got there first is pretty much guaranteed to win unless they fail the next time. So they're they're not, I, I guess, they're not guaranteed to win because they have to guess every single one right. But generally, if you're at the back of an 80 person pack in this door memorization game, you're pretty much just going from type bottleneck to type bottleneck because you have no hope so of catching up just, if you're that far yeah if you're that far you're pretty much just following the herd at this point exactly uh and there is some some herd following the ones that are most fun are the ones where there's a clear platforming ability being tested like you have yeah, um like there, there's there's one that game of the the games i saw where it's like a i guess like a seesaw looking thing platforms. oh that was fun yeah i love that one you gotta you gotta make sure that you go across the platform safely but if you stand on one side of the platform it's tilts up or down just comparing yeah which which the thing you don't think about with that the thing you don't think about with that one is it's like okay i got a platform well here so i gotta like tilt the seesaw what you don't realize is when 50 other players are trying to platform correctly on the seesaw at the same time as you it it still counts towards the seesaw's total capacity for physical mass. So at, at a certain point, it just breaches uh, a point where you're just like, I, I can't actually make the seesaw not have me fall because everybody hopped on while I was trying to jump and now we're all going to die. Yeah. So there's there's almost a bit of like begrudging teamwork that has to happen because otherwise everybody screws each other as well as themselves. Like... Everyone screws each other up at that that point in time. Right. Uh, So I think there's a lot of fun dynamics in it. I haven't played nearly enough to have a really informed opinion on it. It seems fun. It does seem 
silly and it does feel like probably a fad that'll die down um after the initial like couple weeks here i think the people who will stick with it are the ones who understand how to play the game and the rest of them are gonna be like well i got really mad at this time to move on but it's been it's been an inter- entertaining time besides that uh, i have played some other games but uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and hand the reins to you just to see what you've been uh, up to this week uh, not much. I've been playing only like a couple games here and there. Uh, I was playing Monster Hunter World for a bit. It's been a while since I came back to that game. Honestly, I haven't played since oh, since the first like couple months of its initial release. So it's been a while. And, oh wow! Uh, so I haven't played Iceborne or anything like that. So I'm like really far behind. So right now I'm just building my my HR rank two. 50, I think that's what it is for Iceborne. So I'm just building that up. And besides Monster Hunter, I've been I've been playing NBA 2K. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's I understand like the the broness of that, that this game, but it's 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 all right. And I understand the following too, but. At this point, it's just like I'm. I'm getting so bored from the quarantine <laughs> and staying at home because I can't go out. State of Hawaii just issued all all beaches and parks to be closed. So I can't even exercise. I can't go to the beach. So, and they're doing a stay at home order again. So, mm. uh, I, like I'm I'm running out of things to do. So I might as well virtually play basketball because I know I'm not. I am an 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 normal asian person so i ain't gonna be six foot three to go and play <laughs> basketball <laughs> like come on lebron give me the ball yeah give me the ball you know ironically i suck at this game i i can't shoot for shit unless i'm unopposed so all i end up doing is just passing the ball <laughs> i have the most assists out of the entire nba career season for my my <laughs> character because all i do is pass the ball to assist but can a team is nothing without that guy. You got to be the guy. I gotta be you got to be that team guy. That self-sacrificial gonna... guy. <laughs> yeah. You're like, hey, LeBron, take the ball. I'm sure you can do well. And it's like, thanks, man. Couldn't have done it without you. You're like, go team, go team. Yeah, so. <laughs> From my the sidelines. My, my, friend, my friend who also watches me play this game. Every single time, <laughs> like, I make, like, any type of sports or basketball, like, thing so the character like the create a character person for this year's one his name is che c-h-e so any single time that i talk about like sports or like oh hey this is gonna happen he goes well i bet you che wouldn't have have done that or che's finally finally doing some things well for the for the the team and stuff like that like for example i i just got a trophy because i the finally how to play this game kind of clicked for me where i was able to get the first couple of points in the game as like be like one of the first like five five people to score in a game. I finally got that and he texted me and he goes, Oh, so Che finally is doing some work in the team there. But I, I mean besides that I understand. I, I don't know if I'm gonna get this the new one. The new one comes out in like the third. I'm trying to beat this year's one before I kinda make that decision <laughs> to play the next year's one. But the next year's one is also kind of finicky because I don't. I think what they're doing is you buy like this super digital pack and you get both this 
this gen's version and the next gen's version. But if not, it's going to be like $60 for one and $70 for the other. And I don't play any of the My Team stuff, which is like for their pack card thing that they do for this game. This is how they get their money. This is like literally how this game makes their money is their gotcha pack card opening thing for better players and cards. I'm just wondering how long, because something I actually noticed watching uh, random random shows, like they've started throwing commercials in there. And I started to see what I can only describe as pandemic bleed through in the commercials where all of a sudden it's like you see somebody loading a car and they're wearing a mask. You're like, oh, that's that doesn't ever happen. That's that's only because it's being filmed right now during the circumstances of this year. (laughs) Um, So seeing that happen, I'm like, how long until we start seeing game? Well, it doesn't make sense to happen with games, but. I don't, I'm just curious where is going to be the tipping point where we just start seeing it referenced or present or part of the, 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 the climate or atmosphere of games where they treat that as normalcy in the game world because we have a point of reference for it being normalcy in our own world. Well, I'll, I'll kind of add to this because so right now the NBA has had their playoffs in this thing called the bubble, which is a a closed environment they only have certain they allowed only a certain amount of teams in no one can go in and out unless you quarantine for like two and a half weeks or something it's like very very strict to go and go and do it so the nba is doing that right now and this is like the best way of how they're doing sports right now in my opinion the game next year's game nba 2k 21 they're not going to feature the bubble because they this is going to only be a one-time thing but if they continue doing this bubble circumstances for future games or for future year in the league or whatever, then they're going to have to start putting that environment because that's the new norm. Yeah. I mean, I don't see why they, they could even just have it be like a mode, right? Like just be like, and bubble mode. <laughs> yeah. Bubble mode. And it's, <laughs> it's interesting because you have virtual fans and stuff like that. Like oh, the, the wrestling is going to start doing that too pretty soon. So. And then everybody can feel like they're playing blitz ball because they're inside of a. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So it's, it, it's interesting to kind of see that kind of leak on through and it'll be a, it'll be a bit. I think before you kind of see that, I mean, like you see the bubble bleed through or the pandemic bleed through come through like with Arby's, they, they made a brand new commercial and they blurred out one sandwich that they weren't featuring in the promotion because they couldn't go and film the new commercial for this one sandwich. And they just reused an old one and they just blurred out the other sandwich that they weren't selling at this time. And the yep. commentator made a j- made a jab and say hey don't pay attention to that burger pay attention to this burger kind of thing so they are being kind of self-referent self-referential to what they're selling and what they're doing to through ads and things like that. right and i mean it, it, it's kind of interesting to see where advertising can even go with some of this stuff because especially in like the fast food industry most places are on limited menus like they're they're sure as hell not going to be breaking ground with new inventive ideas this year. You know, it's kind of like, hey, do you like the quarter pounder with cheese? Have we got a burger for you? It's the quarter pounder with cheese. <laughs> so, so I got I got to ask because so I 
I'm in Hawaii, so we have this thing called the McTerry Burger. Do you guys have mm-hmm. that? What is in a McTerry Burger? I, I feel like it depends on what it actually constitutes. So basically, it's a regular regular sandwich with lettuce, tomato, mayonnaise, and teriyaki sauce. Okay. So we don't have anything on the menu called a McTerry burger, but I'm pretty sure if I were to go into McDonald's and ask for one, they would probably know what I'm talking about and be able to make it because they do have sauce packets available. I think teriyaki is like one that they do have. They just, it's not something that's featured, if you know what I mean. Yeah, okay, I see, I see. See, this is when when I need Fangirl and and Lou to be on, so I can ask them for their different regional things. Because I know certain regional regional places. We're all technically in the Midwest, all three of us. So you're not going to get a varied, a very varied response there. (laughs) Yeah. So like, there's there's things like that that like Hawaii sells, and it was very interesting during this during this summer they reveal that they're going to bring it back. And I'm like, how the hell do you get all the ingredients for that? Because this is a specialty item. They only do it for like a month or two. So, Yeah. Uh, really, this this whole episode is just going to be a, a letter to, to Kyo and Fangirl. Hey, guys, it's been a while. I have some questions for you. Um, what is your opinion on, on Steak and Shake? Do you guys like that stuff? <laughs> what is Steak and Shake? It's, I'm pretty sure, an exclusively Midwest chain that's focused on basically making burgers using uh, steak meat, uh, ground like ground steak, which sounds fancy, but they somehow make it cheap anyway. And the um, and they also sell like pretty good shakes alongside it. Honestly, after years of eating fast food every so often, I believe Steak and Shake is my favorite. I think it beats Five Guys. I think it beats mcdonald's and wendy's and all of them so Um, they 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 cook their juices and steak juice then well they they basically grind the the steak down like they put the steak through a grinder and they then they use that meat which does give it a different flavor it just tends to be a little bit juicier yeah they have these thin cut fries that you can uh a lot of people don't know you can ask for like cajun seasoning on it so you get spicy fries out of it and their burgers usually they can they come with buns that you can also get flavors you can have like a garlic bread burger or a cajun burger or i just feel like when it comes to flavor variety there's a lot more options there than with other ones uh so it tends to be my favorite for variety's sake uh not that i eat burgers very often but I've really wanted to eat normal food for a very long time after my surgery, so you better believe the first thing I was like, I want to be able to eat a burger, and I want to be able to eat fries, and it finally happened the past week. I finally recovered enough that I can have some of the stuff that I've been craving. Uh, speaking of regional stuff, do you guys have a Carl Jr.'s, or is it called Hardee's there? Uh, we have a Hardee's, and uh, I do not like Hardee's. <laughs> Oh, we we only have one Carl's Jr. in the island, and it's in it's integrated with a gas station. <laughs> yeah, I'm familiar with Carl Jr. when I go further south, but in the Midwest, it's it's still referred to as Hardee's, and it is very much it's that place you go to at 3 a.m. trying to go somewhere else. I don't know anybody who explicitly seeks out going to a Hardee's. I mean, just I to do. eat at a Hardee's. I do. Oh, 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 oh. Because oh. 
because <laughs> the location of it because we only have one in the entire island and True, the location I guess... and the location of it is like so like out of the norm because it's in the middle <laughs> of a freaking gas station like you just go like ten, five feet to the right and you're in the gas station part of the the office yeah i guess that's really that would be really weird like here it's ubiquitous enough to see a hardy's as part of gas stations and you'll see them so often that you're like yeah that's just a, a gas station place but to be in hawaii being like this is the only hardy's and it's in this gas station like <laughs> yeah it's like, gotta be weird there's there's like a couple like there's one for a jack-in-a-box that's like that too but i don't the think i ever actually the jack-in-a-box is interesting because it's like a big it's like a big room it's like a big restaurant room that they cut off at a certain time and then the other half is the gas station it ain't like carl's jr where it's integrated like right there and it's such a small room but the this jack-in-the-box is like it's probably as big as my house the, the entire square footage of it and half of it is the the jack-in-the-box and half of it is the the gas stations or like and stuff like that i like imagining that there's just like a line right down <laughs> oh yeah like, no right no it's middle. like a line like the guy who, <laughs> who who does the gas station has to like get this metal bar that just strings across the jack-in-the-box half so that no one can go in oh my god i like imagining this this situation where where like the night crew's going up and being like okay gonna mop the floor as they take the mop and like a tiny piece of the mop flops over the other side and they're like are you mopping our side what do you think you're doing <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's pretty much like that it's like hey your, your clean crew comes in three hours not now <laughs> uh so bes- besides playing nba <laughs> besides playing nba and and eating fast food um <laughs> i've been playing also pokemon and then i've been playing breath of the wild like i just restarted it because i'm like you know i should really play this game because this is the game that is on my backlog, and I haven't really played any other kind of games recently. I played Ghost of Tsushima just to kind of scoot around and do everything, because I, like I said last last episode, I got the platinum for it. So there's nothing really for me to do, except what they announced yesterday, <laughs> which is a multiplayer mode, which I don't mind because it it's just tacked on. You're playing like actual like ghost and stuff like that. Ken, I'm telling you, you gotta hop on the bandwagon. You gotta do. You gotta make the best picnic locations in Ghost of Tsushima. Join me. <laughs> uh, do that. Yeah. Okay. I'll play with my little flute, the little wind flute too. <laughs> What's the most uh, the most Instagramable spot in Tsushima? Yeah. Yeah. I'll do that. At this point, I might sh- as well just go to Tsushima, the actual Tsushima. And do that. I mean, you know, that wouldn't be the that would actually probably do really well if you're like the real life locations of Tsushima. Here I am, and then just like do a side by side comparison of the game and the real thing. Like people would eat that up. Yeah, here here's this this shrine where the fox used to be, and it's just like a, a Burger King or something like that. <laughs> and and every time it's going to be like you explicitly in the picture, like a huge grin on your face, like the peace sign thrown it's like this is the site of the fox shrine burger king <laughs> yeah <laughs> here basically. i am with <laughs> here i am next to uh the battlefield where they lost 
<laughs> Here I am at Every... the beach where they took their stand. It's now an amusement park. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, so so basically that. And after like Ghost of Tsushima and Breath of the Wild stuff like that, like you know, the, here's a question that I'll give to Fat Girl. I guess to you too is so I'm I'm also watching a a play. Th- a playthrough of Breath of the Wild because I I want to kind of know. I'm not really too gripped by the story. It's just Link gonna go kill Ganon. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, the story was never the appeal of the games. The reason why Fangirl and I can talk at length about it is because there is a kind of deep threaded lore running through everything that's mostly told through environmental storytelling in a lot of cases. So... One of the questions I guess I'll I'll throw out to you guys or you and Fangirl is they got in the playthrough that I'm watching there the the persons at Garuda Garuda the the, the old ladies area right right the Gerudo the Gerudo and there he had to go do the the Yiba clan the ninjas Mm -hmm. and one of the things that I saw is you attract them using these bananas (laughs) <laughs> and then I'm just like, so is were they featured? Is this like trait of them ha- liking bananas been used before in the prior games, or is it just for this game? And it's are it's they definitely like monkeys or something. It's, it's it's definitely for this game. I mean, you can you can hear it in them too. Like a lot of times, if the big ones spy, they're like, ooh, ooh. right. So like they look, they they act kind of gorilla y and they're really into bananas that's a that's a joke that they kind of have going with the the yiga clan and maybe we'll see more of them in the future especially with something like breath of the wild 2 coming around but uh they were only they were first introduced as a concept in breath of the wild before that the the yiga clan was never really mentioned i see because you know the, the the ninja master or whatever he didn't die he just went down the hole so i don't I, I figured that he would be featured in the the sequel. Perhaps in Breath of the Wild 2, it's going to be an, a sequel where the Yiga clan master is ten times edgier than he used to be because he's like, you knocked me in the hole. You thought you left me for dead. And then he returns twice as bad. But something to bear in mind with Breath of the Wild, uh, just as you're piecing together the lore or or concepts in your head with it is that it's uh in in a similar fashion to how skyward sword was set way way before anything else any any of the games in the series breath of the wild is flung to the far end of it right you can see signs of like decrepit ruins that are references to things that used to exist in other games so you know that like it's basically so far in the future that what you knew in the old games is ancient. Um, so stuff like the Yiga clan being introduced, that that's a splinter faction from the Sheikah, but up till that point the Sheikah have always just been the Sheikah, right? Yeah. A very reclusive, mysterious group who are loyal to the royal family. So like I was like, are so are they monkeys or are they related to Donkey Kong <laughs> or something? I don't know. I've Get get in here with the Donkey Kong references there. Yeah, get killing with the Donkey Kong references. Get Fangirl in with the community theory crafting on the origins and like the creation of the Yiga Clan. Maybe 
maybe the Sheikah pulled in monkeys to join the clan and trained them in their <laughs> ways to, to, as to, humans. To, Don, to Donkey Kong Island. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get rid of the, 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 the crocodiles and all that stuff and King K. Rule, but you have to serve me and you gotta learn the art yeah. of ninjutsu. <laughs> the Yiga clan is what happens when you're a perfectly ordinary Sheikah who then had to 101% Donkey Kong 64, not once, but twice. Oh, hey, kill! <laughs> <laughs> but to yeah, his was, detriment, I... apparently it was much easier to do it than the N64. <laughs> oh, that's... I mean, I'm, I'm really not surprised. Actually, yeah, I'm kind of... Well, well, it's... I'm kind of surprised, actually. Because I can't really imagine a reason why that would be. I guess... It, if it was like if he was emulating before it could be because the especially if it's like project 64 i know that the emulation cpu cycles on that are insanely fast compared to the standard hardware and so certain things like trying to complete all like complete the mini games like um freaking beaver I don't, I don't even remember the name of that beaver badness <laughs> it, it they, they they make the timer that goes so much faster in the emulated version that it's actually a more challenging task than it otherwise would be. Because in the original, I have been saved a few times by the low frame rate or just the, the system being crippled by like, there's 50 beavers on the screen and I don't know how to render this. Looks like you're going to get five frames a second as you do this. And I go, cool. That means I am making the most out of every second with these frames. <laughs> Besides that, I have um, after after playing Breath of the Wild and wondering about the the monkeys, I guess, and the Ego Clan. I've been playing Final Fantasy fourteen again. Patch five point three came out, which is a nice refresher for it. If you guys don't know, basically they chopped all the main story quests for the game by a good chunk. So if you it all. Uh, it takes like 140 quests, I think, just to get through main story. I think they chopped it down to about 110 or so, which is good. Also that you can fly in the base world games or starting areas because flying was introduced in Heaven Sword. So they introduced flying into the starting areas. And basically, if you want to show off to all the newbies that you can fly, you can do that now. Which is good. Which I was doing. I had my Shiba mount and I was just flying around Udal. Is it actually a Shiba? No, Shiva, Shiva, as in S H. Okay. All right. Way, way different. Way different image than Shiba. <laughs> just like you it's, were. It's just, it's just an ice unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sitting here, like in my mind. I'm like, and then he flew above that all of the scrub lord newbies on his Shiba Inu, and <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be the 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 worst thing I flew on because there's a there's an actual like throne that you can use to just fly. Oh man, yeah, you can use the fly, so which is ridiculous. But I've been loving it. I. I'm almost done with whatever content they have for 5.3, so there's it's been going well, and I'm actually debating on making a new character because as much as I love my characters, I I like to start off new again every so often. Plus, I like to be a 
a tiger person instead and call him Tony. <laughs> oh, I wonder how many of those are floating around at this point. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, there is. There's there's a lot. I think my friend... You get to the, made, you get to the final a, raids. Yeah, he made he made one guy, and his name is Albert, and the last name Whisker. Oh, my God. <laughs> And so all his, he makes sure that his entire costume is all black and he has glasses and stuff like that. That's hilarious. So, but what what have you been playing, Timber? Yeah, so uh, aside from uh, finally playing Fall Guys, that was just, that one was kind of taken away from my list of things I actually played because I only played it for a little bit and I wanted to address it early because I know that I just 100% didn't know about fall guys when we filmed that podcast (laughs) and immediately heard about it not even an hour later like where i was like oh that's what fall guys is oh i'm stupid (laughs) i even told you afterward like we made a mistake um but as far as but it's it's a fun it's a fun goof it's a fun goof yeah fall guys what's that fall guys is, is is it's nothing it's no it's nobody's business um i've played a lot of very different games uh this past week and it's all a product of something that i'd like to put out here is just high praise if nobody has heard me talk about this before i absolutely love play night and if you have not used it and don't understand the merits of it i would really encourage you to give it a try it's effectively an open source tool that catalogs your game library and you can actually use it to import your libraries across all of the different platforms that you have games on. Now, initially, that was cool enough for me, which is why I picked it up to begin with. It was just like, hey, it, it has support for all of these different things. It has support for platforms that even GOG's Galaxy Client can't support. What I find fascinating about it, though, is that it also has support for uh, inbuilt recognition of games via... Um, emulators and the ability to launch straight into those emulators just because it, it you know it has the the links to those ROMs built in so it just it takes it launches the, the emulator and there you are you're in you're playing on the emulator that game and it was in the same list as all your other games um, but another cool feature that I just learned about today is that even if you don't have emulation and you just go to manually add the games it has an inbuilt functionality with igdb to where if you type in the name of a title and tell it to import the metadata it can pick it up and fill in all the details for you about what that game is what the platform is and then it just throws it into your library so at this point i have every single game i own on every platform including physical ones that i do not have on this computer are on this list along with a randomization button lets me easily choose between them if i'm just like i'll play anything just throw something at me uh so i can i can run the gamut of just about anything so uh now that i've set the context because of this i've had an opportunity to play a couple of things that i otherwise would not have uh starting first with uh probably the first time i really sat down and tried to play metal gear solid 3 in a very long time uh, I have never beaten Metal Gear Solid 3. I hope to one day see the end of oh, that you, game because I know gotta, that it's... It's it's personally one of my favorite games of all time. If someone were to 
put me at gunpoint and ask me what is your favorite game, it has to be Metal Gear Solid 3 because... Are you playing the regular one or subsistence? Subsistence. Is there a significant difference? The camera control and the extra game mini game that you get with it. Subsistence took out Sneak versus Monkey, which is an Ape Escape game that's implemented in Middle Gear. Wait, wait. So it took away a mini game? Yeah, it took away a mini game because the the copyright was expired by the time Subsistence Aww. came out. Aw, well now I feel cheated. <laughs> this well, is why I like like for me because I I love Metal Gear Solid Three, so I have, uh, I think I have, I bought it like seven or eight times. Yeah, I think I, I I bought the game at least seven or eight times, like a handful of times I bought it. I have two Japanese versions. I have like several English versions. The next one I need to get is a UK version if I could get it. Because the UK version is also special because it also includes another level that was used for Snake versus Monkey. That wasn't in the US one. <laughs> See, that was it's just, just random each, knowledge each that version, I have for this. <laughs> each version is just like, hey, do you want more Snake versus Monkey? <laughs> yeah, they, it's just like they really dangle the Snake versus Monkey on on these. Yeah, so I mean, I, I like it. Like I said, Metal Gear Solid 3 is probably my favorite game of all time not to take away from two two is really great in its own own theological yeah two i played through and actually seen that game which it's kind of weird because my order of progression with the metal gear games has been i played through all metal gear solid 2 i played through about half of metal gear solid 1 and i played like a shred of metal gear solid 3 how i don't know uh, how far did you get in metal gear solid 1 I got all the way after, um, oh, how do I, it, can I say spoilers for the first Metal Gear game? <laughs> um, uh, are, are you in disc two? I'm not entirely, is disc two where the torturing happens? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I got past the torturing. Oh, okay. Okay. So you only face Sniper Wolf once then. I, no, I saw her, I, I saw her die. That's how far I got. Okay, so you're you're well after the torture then. Yeah. I I don't know. For, for some reason, you asked that question. I was immediately like, I think that's when the torture happens, and then. But I I knew I was past that. So. Cool. Yeah, so cool. You yeah. beat you beat Sniper Wolf in the snow, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You you got through like I want to say seventy five percent of the game. Okay, I guess that was further than I thought. Yeah, I would say right when you beat Sniper Wolf, the game kind of picks up to the latter fourth of the game. At least either 75% or like 66%, like two-thirds of the game. You got through a pretty decent chunk. Okay. Well, I and that's why it's weird because it's like I would say that I like Metal Gear Solid, but I have this weird partial knowledge of every game and not really like a complete picture of everything two i have the most complete picture of and that's not good because that game doesn't make sense even when you have the whole picture um <laughs> <laughs> what you talking about no. the memes the meh the me- 
You don't want to talk about the meme? <laughs> oh, yeah, the meme. It's it's wonderful. Uh, I did see that in three, by the way, because I actually did choose which of these do you like the most? Metal Gear Solid 2. So oh, then you get the Easter egg at the beginning with it. Yeah, you can take off that ridiculous mask now. It just doesn't feel right. <laughs> That's it's pretty fun. Like like I, like like I said, three is probably my favorite. How far did you get in three, by the way? I got to. It's it's really not that far. I got to the point where the actual Operation Snake Eater began. I oh, confronted okay. Big Boss, and then she blew up a thing, and I died to crocodiles. So you basically face. You did the virtuous mission, then you finished. The yes, game. correct. So yeah, like I I would like to hear your theories on it because they're. There are several theories for this game that leaks into MGS5, like very subtly, but it, it does leak into it. That I would I would love to to talk to you about once you finish MGS. 3. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Uh, I have very little context for Metal Gear Solid Four and Five because I played neither of those yet. Now, you don't need to worry about 4. 4 isn't in this conversation for this particular theory. <laughs> okay. All right. Just, I did uh, I did play um I did play Rising. 5 is 5 is probably the major one. Okay. So it's it's fun, but uh so you you got through the virtuous mission at least. Yes, yeah. So, moving on from <laughs> Metal Gear Solid 3, I also got, uh, as, as part of this uh, technique for kind of getting me to play more games, it also recommended me a game that some people in the audience might know, but I feel is a very hidden, rough gem of the N64 called Space Station Silicon Valley. And I this you going to say Glover 2 again. <laughs> Glover 2. I'm still looking forward to it. Still looking forward. It's it is it is a weird game. First of all, I'm pretty sure it it has to have been like a, a British game or Japan trying to pretend that they're British because it has a lot of like British colloquialisms in the dialogue of the game. But uh, basically, the premise is there's a robot and some dude. You're riding in a spacecraft, and they they get into an argument over which radio station's playing. And so they crash into a meteor because they weren't paying attention and land on the planet of, I guess it's called Silicon Valley. They don't ever explicitly call it that. Um, <laughs> but we arrive and because we get jettisoned through the glass ceiling of our spacecraft at, um, going through the because of the eject button the microchip of our robot companion flies out from him and when it lands it turns into a centipede that then latches onto a dog that had died because it ran in front of our spacecraft when it crash landed so now we are playing as this zombie dog what <laughs> this, this conversation <laughs> just like randomly turned <laughs> <laughs> So, from that point forward, we're following instructions from our uh, our friend. Turns out all the animals on this planet are robots, and our superpower, basically, is that since we're a robot, as long as we kill the other robots, we can assume control of their robot bodies to take advantage of their various skills. And there are also various trophies in this game. The first trophy in the game requires me to kill 
all of the sheep in the level by incinerating them on the back burner of the rocket. I was going to say, by kill- by chomping them using your big metal teeth. <laughs> oh, well, you do have to do that first to kill them, but then you also have to incinerate <laughs> the bodies. How else uh, oh. are you going to get lamb chops, man? I also forgot to mention, by the way, this is just the, fir- this is just the tutorial level I'm describing so far. Um, <laughs> so, also... When we crash landed and killed that dog, before the crash landing, the dog had confessed its love to one of the sheep. After dying and then being resurrected as a zombie and spooking said sheep, that sheep can be seen all over the level sobbing its eyes out because it's so distressed that its lover had passed away. And okay, now... So, sorry, sorry, Kyo, for the explicit tag that you're going to put on this episode, but what the fuck did you just explain <laughs> to me? <laughs> So we have to go bite this crying, mourning sheep to death and then shove it in the incinerator of the space rocket to get an arbitrary collectible trophy. This is before the dog confessed its love for the goddamn sheep. Yes. Yeah, the dog already died as part of the cutscene, but now we got to kill the sheep just, you know, because we want that trophy, right? (laughs) This game... Like, this was before achievements and before subversive gaming was really a common thing, but this is the first game I played where I really kind of sat down. I was like, what is the ethical implication of me getting this achievement and how worth it is it to me? (laughs) Because it felt horrible. (laughs) It felt absolutely awful doing these things. And I I bet. (laughs) And I, I love the fact that this game exists. It's terrible, but it's so strange. This is an N64 game right the kid box from the 90s and you got this this game with kitty aesthetics and by and large all you're doing in this game is running around collecting power cells listening to really upbeat calm soothing music and occasionally ruining the lives of various robot animals to do your bidding that's all you know it's fine you know that's all (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's it's been shockingly fun. I've gotten through probably about four or five levels of it, uh, having to take advantage of everything from being a dog who can chomp things to being sheep who can who have are are very light because of their fluff, so you can kind of fly around as the sheep. Uh, there's a sheep who has a spring for its legs, which I have found to be the most useless thing. I don't know what purpose it serves. Uh, there's also a rat with wheels. There's a dog with wheels. Uh, it's it's, just... It, it would make sense because they're robots, right? Yeah, yeah, so they're all robots. And that's the thing, like, when you first start the game and the dog dies, my first thought wasn't, oh my god, that robot dog, that poor robot dog. I went, they killed the dog, and I'm not even two minutes into this game. So, but it's okay, because you're technically the dog most of the time. That's like your That's like your main robot bod. For, for the majority of this game. Your, robot. Your main robot bod. Uh, so, I played that. <laughs> I'm trying to think what else it had me um, rotate onto, because these were... I mean, that sounds were, like an acid trip in and of itself, so... <laughs> it, it was. It was... It's a combination... Dude, now that I think about it, it pretty much... That pretty much summarizes it. I felt like I went through the stages of grief and also <laughs> a weird euphoria playing this game, and that's really bizarre to to say. Like I was, it was, it had like both the Minecraft effect on me 
and the GTA effect at once, and I, I don't know how I feel about getting those two at the same time. Alright. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me see. Beyond that, I also played... You know, you win some, you lose some with, with the randomization thing. It did also have me play Sam... Pajama Sam Lost and Found, which is probably the worst Pajama Sam game in existence. So, um, so I, have a, I have a question. Are you just yeah, putting sure. games that you haven't played in a while into this randomizer? Are you just putting them all so to the point that even if you 100%ed this game or you had your failure, be like, well, I guess I'll play this today. I'm kind of letting it just be as it is. So it'll be it'll be any game, even ones that I have 100%ed, because I, I view that as an opportunity to deeper appreciate games because it's very rare that i actually do replay games that i've completed so having that excuse to just hop in it again and probably just kind of dink around with it since there's not really anything else for me to do Mm. um can still be entertaining in and of itself i mean mean, it's really just to, to teach me to experience games the way i did when i was younger because this this existence that i have now in 2020 of having an overabundance and an overwhelming sense of just i will never be able to experience all of these i will never be able to experience all of the games that have been made i i can barely experience all the games that i've bought so just giving myself the ability to disengage from the mentality that Oh, well, I got to get the next thing. I got to get the next thing. I got to get the next thing because that's what's popular. That's what people are playing. Taking taking that out of the equation, just going, well, let's see what I've got because I don't even know what I've got, right? Like, let's get rid of this addiction to the new because there's plenty of new experiences still in just what I have. As a kid, I had three or four games. I replayed games and found new things to enjoy about them when I did. You don't get that these days. I think that there is something lost um, in in modern gamers to an extent because we consume games like you do a, a burger, right? You, you, you ate it, you completed it, you move on to the next one. Uh, and that was not the way, that's just not how games were for me when I was growing up. Um, so it was a very, there's kind of a disconnect for me um, between you know i guess old man so gamer culture and new game new it's gamer like the, culture the, the blockbuster feel right <laughs> right but i also know that that's the the kind of gamer i'm talking about is basically what i ha- what i personally have been for a few years now because i felt the impulse to buy and play new stuff i know that the common gamer today plays Fortnite indefinitely plays overwatch indefinitely plays games as a service indefinitely and that's just never been me i never could stick with a game for forever like updates in and of themselves especially the micro updates that they make for these kind of things are usually not enough to keep me engaged well you can be like me with nba where they give it out for free every three years (laughs) 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 and i just play it and be like i think i'll get the next one and then i don't get the next one I think I think I liked that. That was a good experience. I mean, that's basically where I was with um, Kingdom Hearts, where I I played Kingdom Hearts one, played Kingdom Hearts two, and then a bunch of Kingdom Hearts games came out. And every time I was like, eh, you know, I don't really want to buy another console just for Kingdom Hearts. And I did that for like three consoles. Then eventually, the most recent one came out. I was like, is Kingdom Hearts three? It's got the big three on it. Am I gonna but, buy a console for but, this? <laughs> but Timber. 
it says three on it, but it's more like part like eight that that you needed to have played all the other games to make sense. Like it's for okay. example, it's it's no, okay. It's not I watched, okay. It's no, not it's okay. fine. I watched a YouTuber give me a synopsis. It's good enough. It's good enough. A synopsis? Well, how long was that? Like three hours? It was pretty long. <laughs> because, like, for example, you probably don't know who Aqua, Terra, and Ventus are from any of the games unless you played Birth by Sleep. Very true. I do know them from the synopsis. And they're very important <laughs> for this yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, they're like, they're like... like you um... wouldn't know who Gio is if you never played three, three five, six over two days. Look, they're just nobodies. That's all. They're just nobodies. No, they're not nobodies. Because they're just a bunch us. of nobodies, okay, Ken? <laughs> Everybody's a nobody. No, they're not. They're not nobodies in this game. God. You would understand that if you played your five games for over two days. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> I think 358 over two days is the one I am closest to actually playing because I do have a copy of it. You In... know what you can do? You can get the can get the the PS1 or the PlayStation 3 collector's one where it includes like two games and well, 358 over 2 days is yes. a movie. Well, that's <laughs> it's that's, just, that's... It's just a movie. <laughs> That's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for the PS5 to come out so I can buy it and then I'm just going to play the PS4 like collector's edition of everything on the ps5 and then i'll be happy yeah and don't forget the mobile game is also kind of important because the last please, part of this please <laughs> the last the last part of this game is heavily integrated with the mobile game it's like so it was so funny i was like losing my goddamn mind when i saw the ending of this game originally for real oh no oh wow I uh I mean at the end of the day Ken it's just going to be Sora being like but goofy Kingdom Hearts is light and, and then he'll be like oh no and <laughs> and then we I, defeat I, I wanna, goofy I want to hear you do your Donald voice <laughs> I cannot do he then Donald's like and and there you go <laughs> See, now, like, I can't wait to get to talk to you about the ending of this game. <laughs> oh, no. Because the DLC for this game is just bonkers. It's just bonkers. I, I don't even know what to say to this. Like, let's just say this much. Me and my friend make fun of the ending plot of the DLC for this game because it's just so bonkers. So I, I can't wait. Also, I can't believe that there's DLC for a Kingdom Hearts game. That j- yes, just, I can't. Yes, there's two DLCs. I can't. <laughs> because you know what happened in Kingdom Hearts three? They took out all the Final Fantasy characters. The only Final Fantasy characters is there's fucking Moogle. Oh no, I didn't so know that. So they made they made a DLC that's specifically for everyone. And they don't even tie the loose ends for certain parts of Kingdom Hearts 2. And that makes me mad. Uh, I figured that would happen with a game that took this long to make. With this many, like, rabbit holes that the originals went down. Like, you're just not going to get to everything. You know, there's, there's this one thing that I am currently with this game. 
and it's how I made my creative characters in WWE 2K. It's called Furious. I'm furious with this freaking game. <laughs> I'm like, I'm furious with Kingdom Hearts 3 and what it did for DLC. I mean, I, I kind of went on a tangent with, with Kill about this a while back, but it's just, it's so bonkers of what they tried to do with this game. I mean, I understand. I understand. And it really is, a lot of it is, Tetsuya Nomura is pissed that he had to give up versus 13 for this and everything you can you can tell that that this is his love letter of being kind of saying f you to square enix of why'd you make me leave versus 13 to work on this game kind of thing but that's that's the main point of that dlc and i'm just like mad <laughs> hmm well that is unfortunate but I will still play it because I like the series too much. And by the yeah. series, I mean the first two games. <laughs> so uh, Kingdom Hearts 1 and Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. That's the second. Oh, technically, technically, that's the second game. <laughs> I didn't play the handhelds, okay? Why couldn't you? You gotta just... play the handhelds! That introduced, that introduced the stupid Organization 13 people. <laughs> Yes, well, I understood in I understood enough about them in Kingdom Hearts two to get the gist of two without having played. Because they put a stupid music video for it. Yes, and that was a very catchy, effective way to convey the message in a concise two-minute segment. You're like, who are all these people? Oh, it don't matter. You killed them. <laughs> Yo, you did it, man. Yo, you did it, man. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I don't know how we ended up at Kingdom Hearts, but, um, Pajama Sam Lost and Found is a terrible game. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna have a good old time editing this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, don't play that one. It's just running to the right. And collecting items, and you is do this, it. Is, is this the one with the, the the spooky haunted forest thing? No, it's really bad. Like I expected a Sam and Max game because it was like randomizers. Like, yeah, you're playing Pajama Santa. I was like, okay, I know what that is. Those are adventure games. No, this is a hundred levels of side-scrolling hell. Not hell because it's hard. Hell because it's painfully slow with tremendous hitboxes and all the obstacles zero story zero character development in pajama sam um there's like three bonus levels that you can play but they're always the same ones and you will consistently get the bonuses if you are a human being with two thumbs sorry two hands it's a pc keyboard and mouse game but you 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 get the, the gist uh, so yeah, you want my review of, of of this game? Don't don't play it. There are there are significantly better games, significantly better Pajama Sam games for you to be playing. And I'm really happy that I only had to do the first ten levels of it before I had to hop on this podcast. <laughs> so I think did I cover all of the games that I played? No, I think I had one more that I actually did play. And it was 
Nox. Uh, Nox was a uh, an RPG game, very kind of a Diablo clone released by Westwood Studios uh, ages ago. This name keeps coming up over and over again. The last time I mentioned it, I was playing Lands of Lore, which was like one of the first RPGs that Westwood Studios ever made. Nox was like the last one they made. It came out in, I think, 98 or so. But uh, the premise is you're playing as this guy who lived in a trailer park with his girlfriend and they were watching TV when all of a sudden an evil sorceress from another world. I just realized Westwood Studios was doing isekai before it was a thing. Um, so <laughs> I'm like hitting I'm hitting my head on the microphone. Really. <laughs> I can't escape it, Timber! I can't escape Isekai! (laughs) Well, one of his trophies is like a magical orb thing, so she wanted it. So they, like, she teleports him and his TV, but not his girlfriend somehow, to another world. And he, he lands aboard an airship, where he's then given the option of which, like, class he wants to be a part of in this world. Uh, And you get to choose between... And then let me guess, he has to go fight the Demon King to get back to his normal world and then save the princess. <laughs> well, no, he has to fight Hecuba, who is the last remaining necromancer from a race of necromancers who were all, um, they were all murdered uh, at the hands of the great king guy. Uh, so demon. is it a demon? <laughs> so he he killed he killed all these people, but when it came to killing Hecuba, he couldn't do it because she was just a little babby. So he let her live, and now we're all paying the price because he let her live. Um, so uh, you get to choose between being a wizard, a conjurer, or a warrior. Conjurer is the only one that's worth anything because it lets you have an army of wolves and or bats and or just any kind of animal. You can just have all the animals fight on your behalf. Unfortunately. Tiger sharks. You know, I'm sure if I played far enough in the game, they probably have tiger sharks. Uh, one of the most powerful ones is actually a giant scorpion. The scorpions in that game are terrifying, and I think it's why I have a phobia I, of scorpions. You know, like because I live on an island that is just so far removed from things, I don't know what scorpions actually look like. The, you say scorpion to me, I just think of get over here, guy. <laughs> um, a scorpion. It's kind of like a platypus where it's like one of these things that you look at and you're just like, why why does this seem like God took the day off and decided to let the five-year-old come up with the next creature? Gr- so we got... Granted, granted, if I ever saw one in real life, I'd run the hell away because I know of them. Yeah, to, I mean... And be careful of the tail. Right. I mean, I mean, they just combined... It was like, you know what would be great? What if we combine a spider with an insect with a crab and also it has a poisonous sting like a deadly hornet i was just like okay cool i'm I'm really happy this exists i'm so glad this exists um but yeah so that's probably the most powerful summon you can get i will say that i am a wimp at this game because they make the dogs sound so pitiful when they get injured that I'm basically doing a challenge playthrough of this where I save scum if the dog dies because I don't want my pet conjured dog to die. I just can't. I can't deal with it. He's my puppy and I can't let him die. No, I completely understand. In Ghost of Tsushima, whenever I kill one of the dogs, I feel so bad because it just makes this 
the biggest yelp sound that it does and I'm just like no, no I'm sorry but if I don't kill you you'll kill me <laughs> I'm like sorry it's survival of the fittest but now that you're dead I guess I can skin you for all of your loot uh exactly exactly that's how you're gonna get all the traps and stuff like that yeah I had the same problem in the witcher 3 to an extent like I really avoided killing the wolves in that game just because they always sounded so not happy about dying I, I can't imagine why um but yes okay I think that covers it I played a lot of different games and this is precisely why I I, I like doing this because I would not have a lot of these are things I've played before but none of them, with the exception of Pajama Sam, I just, for some reason, I owned that. Uh, don't ask. <laughs> but but most of these I've played before. I enjoyed them, and I just had no excuse to go back to them because they were old games. They're not, like, things that people talk about. Some of them are so far removed from popular culture that I legitimately think people don't know what they are, right? Like, Nox, I don't think... it. I don't think there are YouTube videos of, of that game. Like, I think if you look it up, you might find, like, a person and his friend playing to an audience of 50 viewers this game, and that video it's in itself on, has to be, like, seven years old. On Games Done Quick or something? Right, yeah, it's just, like, the most backwater thing. You're like, does did, did no one know this game existed? Like, you look on Reddit, and you'll you'll see, like, one person post into the into the void being like, hey, have you guys ever heard of Nox? And maybe, like, one person replies being like, dude... Which game? <laughs> like, you know I, what I, game I, you should play that uh, just got a PC release a little while back? It what is Detroit Become Human? You should play the yes. the Bipu Bipu Bapu game. Bipu Bapu. I would love to play Detroit Become Human. That is on my list of things that I want to pick up. I've also been considering picking up the freshly released. Um, Fresh, frick, man. Uh, Heckin, Heckin Horizon. Yes, thank you. Yes, <laughs> Horizon. Yeah, uh, I, like, I, I would definitely recommend you get it because it is a, it's, a, it's a great game. It's a great game. I, my, my, I personally have, with... have feels with open world games right now because I'm never going to touch one for right. a while. But for what Horizon, what it is, it's really good, and you don't necessarily need to do everything. You just need to do like five or so extra things to kind of enjoy what your what the game has to offer okay i want to be sold this game because my problem with horizon zero dawn since it came out on on playstation like there was the initial foible of just like okay i don't own the console but now i have the option to play it and i still don't understand why is this a good game i see robots and cavemen it's cavemen with robots what is the driving narrative of this game that makes it compelling? Uh, I'll mention this one thing. It's basically it's it's far in the future, and these robots these robots took over the world due to a class cataclysmic event that happened, and basically there's not enough humans, and there's these robots overtake everything. So we became this nomadic society after the end of what what happened i i would go more into it but it spoils the game pretty much okay 
So would you say that there are would you say that there are there are surprising twists to it that make it more than it appears? Okay. Yes, I would. If I were to recommend any game from the PS4, Horizon would be highly up there. Obviously, and this is a new IP from Sony. This is really good. Like right next to there, it would be Horizon and Ghosts are the the two that I would recommend. To be perfectly honest, if you were to buy a PS4 today, I would recommend getting those two games. Okay. Because you kind of get that Zelda-like wonderment with this game, and just the the Decima engine, the engine that is used for Death Stranding, is just absolutely amazing. Oh yeah, Death Stranding is another thing I can pick up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should play Walking Simulator 2037, so... It'll be great. It can do what I cannot right now, which is walk outside. <laughs> but yeah, I think that covers my 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 video gaming romp. I haven't really done anything else other than that. I watched a bunch of anime, but this isn't the anime podcast. I mean, it's becoming like one at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, let's. Let's bring up a couple topics here. I mean, I I know sure, sure. I have one. I know you have another. There is yeah. one that we can just break right off the hot holds here, and that is they had the Nintendo's Nindies Direct that happened like hours ago, literally, and it seemed all breaking right. Breaking news. I, breaking news. Literally breaking news. Which they'll hear a week from now when we post the podcast. I know, right. <laughs> And, like, one of the bigger things was, I mean, they started off with Hades, and I, I thought that game looked good, so I wasn't I wasn't sure about it until I saw the gameplay, and I was like, eh, it looked good. Maybe if it was on sale, I'll probably go get it kind of thing. Which I think all of the indie games are on sale right now was kind of the thing. Oh, really? Yeah, I believe. So that was that's what I thought your news was initially, was that... Uh, there is an active sale on all indie games on the Nintendo store right now. Ah, that's probably one of the things there too <laughs> that they did. So it's it's interesting that they did this. Also, another thing is uh, Untitled Goose Game is getting a two-player mode for free and a physical release on the Switch. If it didn't already, I think it was only digital only. Not too sure. I don't I don't play untitled goose game so (laughs) uh what was sorry i think it broke a little bit what was the question so the untitled goose game it did it have a physical release or was it only digital i believe it was only digital i bought it digital if there's anybody out there who has the physical copy let me know well yeah (laughs) well i I guess the news was it's coming out for physical (laughs) oh wonderful okay yeah there's gonna be a physical copy for untitled goose game one thing there. the the cover better just be the goose honking that's all yeah, that's it's, it's it's it just has a blank thing that says untitled goose game <laughs> no why would you pass on having the goose on the cover i don't know there better be a goose on at least one of the regional releases all right in the uk they gotta have the goose they gotta have the goose they're not they're not going to be able to sell any copies to the uk if there's not a goose on that copy that sounds really bad. They gotta have the goose. 
I mean, I understand why if they did like a a release in Australia, you know, probably don't need the goose on that one. I don't think Australia knows what geese are, but for the rest of us, I mean, technically, I don't know what geese are. I we have. Oh yeah, yeah, you don't either. Yeah, you're so. The rest of the U.S. gets a goose. Hawaii gets just the Untitled Goose game on there because y- you wouldn't have context for, for this mythological creature that we I, that we speak I have of. Swans, but I don't know what the, what the hell a goose is. It's, it's like its bastard brother, right? Uh, pr- pretty much, uh, a, a goose is the Waluigi of swans. Really, so beloved? You mean? It's beloved but hated. At the same time, it's beloved for its quirkiness, but also never try to give it bread because so it's just this, gonna eat you. So besides besides Untitled Goose Game, they had this this game called Raj and an Epic, an ancient epic, which is from an Indian developer, which looked really good. I was really interested just by the aesthetic of everything. And they had another game that I need to point out here, and it's Takeshi and Hiroshi. And the art style for this was like clay. I'm not, it's it's one one thing to kind of bring up there. The art the art style is like clay, and basically it's a game about oh interesting making making video games about these two brothers becoming a video game developers. That looks really cute. Yeah. All right. So that that looked really good, and it's just the story of it looked really really nice. And kind of a, a meta narrative. We don't see that with video games too often. Yeah, and then Torchlight Three is there too, and this game called Evergate. That kind of piqued my interest. So it's a two D puzzle platformer. Yeah, I don't. The the puzzle platformer genre with cute and or thought provoking and or emotion provoking elements is one that I feel a little oversaturated with at this point. Like not that it won't be good. Evergate's probably fine. Lots of people are gonna love it. But as somebody who has yet to muster the energy to get through either of the two Ori and the Blind whatever games, as well as um playing actually playing through hollow knight like those are three games i can name already that are kind of in this genre of cute emotional thought-provoking 2d platformers and i know that there's more of them too i played and there was another one that i actually played and beat where you had to play as like a ghost fox that was very like um cute and cool i thought it was pretty good yeah, so I mean, it looked decent. I I I don't play these kind of games too because that that's another game my friend was like recommending because I was telling him I'm not gonna play too many games because I'm running out of games to play that aren't open world. And he goes, "Why don't you play Ori?" I'm like, "I don't know why Ori doesn't grab me." And it's not to say that the people who like Ori aren't 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 good or anything like that. It's just I don't know, it's, if it's <laughs> you're terrible it's, people. Stop. You terrible people stop stop forcing this on me no but no. it's just like I, I don't i don't see this type of style jiving well for me sort of i'm addicted to 3d i've mentioned that before so i think that also plays a big role in why i kind of feel like i've had enough of this there's probably a bunch of people who are just you know they really love 2d 
platformers from that that kind of replicate that SNES style that maybe they grew up with, and and that's just what they know and what they like. As somebody who predominantly grew up on the N64, I like 3D experiences, so I always view 2D experiences as a lesser experience than what I would get in a 3D game. And anytime I see them, I go, what if this, but it was 3D? You know, what if this, but it was basically Super Mario 64, but this, right? What level of enjoyment would I get then, especially if it had that tightness of control and not floaty like a lot of indie attempts at doing Mario 64-esque games. Um, but that's my take on it. Probably a bad take. Uh, as far as... Uh, was that was that kind of all of the, the titles that you saw? Yeah, in the but I kind of just wanted to point that out. I mean, the, the Nindies thing, it looks good. They're, they're still harboring that thing which is good for nintendo they kind of need to be that unsung hero for the the indie titles which is which is good for them yeah and it also it is definitely i mean it's compelling enough having these kind of games that are basically some people might view them as high definition or or kind of high fidelity next gen phone games because you can play it mobily on your switch but it has all the bells and whistles of being a proper console. And because of that, it's just, you know, it's very compelling being able to pick from a library these sorts of things you can pick up, play for five minutes, and put down. Although, I probably wouldn't be able to find any of these titles on the goddamn eShop because it's such a frickin' mess to go find anything. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was really happy that I was able to pick up Origami King physically, uh, it's the first physical purchase that I made since everything went down. Um, but. And also because the e-store can be a nightmare to navigate. If you don't, if there's not like something specific that you're planning on buying and you just want to browse, it's a nightmare. Yeah, it took me forever to get uh, 52 Clubhouse games. So. I remember you had a topic that you wanted to talk about also. I did as well, and this falls in the gray area of emulation. Uh, For those who may not be aware, there is a very popular emulator known as RetroArch. What makes RetroArch special is that it's multi-platform. It can operate off of just about anything, including, and I kid you not, they have created backwards support up to being able to run it off of windows 98 people can run this thing on windows 98 and i think that is insane but it predominantly is used on android architecture to run on raspberry Pis, which a lot of people use because they're they're really small form factor microchips these raspberry Pis, and you can use them in pretty much any context they're more powerful than you'd expect for being so small and can be inserted into things such as uh, people have made like replicas of n64s and then shoved a raspberry pi in it so that they can designate it as as like hey this is this is my gaming console and then they have retroarch set on there with a bunch of um, roms or copies of their games all set into the the retroarch emulator so that they can play all their games from whatever console on retroarch in itself, it can emulate SNES, NES, PS1, N64, Sega Dreamcast. Well, I don't know about Dreamcast, but it can do Saturn. 
as well as arcade and a few other things like neo geo just really sideline um small stuff that that probably a lot of people don't care about but um at its core it's used to emulate a bunch of different systems all in one on very few system resources small form factor etc well the news here is that as of last week they got hacked Uh, a hacker managed to break into their github account and deleted a bunch of their repositories as well as just kind of performing a, a, a hack job, if you will, of just cutting out um, pieces of code at random so that it really, really uh, told the GitHub. At this point, I understand that they were able to restore most of the backup um, information, but their core database, so the, the library cores that they had stored on a separate server, uh, that server basically got deleted. So the cores are gone. The only cores that exist out there are floating from generous users who donated the cores cores publicly so that people can acquire them that way um the reason i bring this up is because it is one of the most popular emulators especially for raspberry pi setups so if you were considering making or using one of these now or in perhaps the near future of this month uh maybe hold off a bit (laughs) because it's currently not in good condition if you didn't already have one um well that's kind of that's kind of the news um i'm I'm fortunate that it didn't affect me, but I did hear about it because I heard I, I saw the panic. Everyone was panicking. I was like, "What's happening? Why?" As I'm as I'm in the process of setting up Play Night to be able to play all my games that I that I own all over the place, the one of the things that uh, that I functionally needed to use for this purpose was uh, apparently being breached at the same time. I mean, it's interesting, like for me, because I don't I don't emulate stuff. So I I wouldn't know how to do do what you're doing. Like half the time you kept on saying Raspberry Pi, I keep on thinking actual Raspberry. I, Pi. You're just like I want a Raspberry Pi now. I would yeah, also I, like I, that kind. Of, I yeah, I would like to bake a pie. <laughs> I wouldn't mind having pie right now, but yeah, I know I know it's like a emulation device, right? It's not like even chip, really it, so a Raspberry chip. Pi. Yeah, it, so it's a it's basically a micro pc it's a chip that you can buy it's like 30 dollars. it runs android architecture and most people use it to play around with linux it's a really great device for learning how to play with linux and how to work with um with electronic hardware as well because it has a lot of um hardware interfaces built onto the chip so you can do stuff like you know hey plug this microchip in here and it lights up with with this bulb over here so a lot of people use it as a sort of um electronic engineering slash linux education tool but it's also used by a lot of gamers to just host their um their gaming stuff off of old old uh consoles that they have games for that they want to be able to play without having to pull out four different consoles to play basically Mm-mm-mm. Wasn't that the thing that would made the Uja or Ouija or whatever? <laughs> the Ouija, uh, the Ouija, uh, the Ouija, the Ouija. It's like the the Ouija, the Uji, the Ouija, Ouija. Yes, it was like um, some like five lettered <laughs> thing. Yeah, I think I have a feeling that the Raspberry Pi took some notes from that because the Ouija also ran on an Android architecture and also was very tiny. 
and uh, I think kind of serves the same purpose. I think the the problem with the Ouya is that unlike unlike the Raspberry Pi, which is marketed as a learning tool for furthering your understanding of technology and is predominantly just a piece of hardware that you buy and then you kind of make it what it is, the Ouya was advertised as a gaming console that could play anything, and then I'm going to take a wild guess here that they probably struggled to actually acquire licensing to legally sell the things that they were trying to run off of this system. The Raspberry Pi doesn't need to go through those hurdles because it's not marketing itself as a gaming platform. It's just that people mm. happen to know how to use it that way, right? Yeah, so I mean, I mean emulation is kind of that gray area thing there too, yeah, so... <sighs> but just hopefully you guys aren't affected if you guys do have that that program installed. Yeah, it's basically just a PSA of like, hey, be careful. If you were considering updating RetroArch recently, maybe don't. <laughs> maybe ignore that update. <laughs> <laughs> or wait till the next update. <laughs> right, yeah. Wait until the go-ahead is all clear. Uh, no... No, no private data, data or anything like that was lost. It's just gonna break your emulator, and you're not gonna be very happy. So, so I guess I guess with that, let's continue on to questions here. Yes, and let's see. There's a couple of things going back from the fourth and. One of it is why don't you have a Kong name? What what would your Kong name be, Timber? Didn't I would get be... a? I think I got assigned a Kong name not long after they asked that question. My current Tim, Kong Tim, name, Tim, Timbo Kong. It appears to be Timbo Kong. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Is Fall Guys called Autumn Lads in the UK? I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it wasn't the game made in the UK. I think it was. Yes, yeah, they definitely are. Well, okay, now I don't want to say that without knowing for sure, but they they behave like a, a UK team. So, uh, kudos if they're not actually from the UK and just very polite guys in the US. But let me see here. UK, a British yes, video game British. developer. Yeah, based in London. They couldn't get more British than that. So there you go. Uh, yeah. Would they call them... Would they call them Fall Lads? I wouldn't well, know. I wouldn't know, but they, they named the game Fall Guys. Well, so... Dudes. I don't know. <laughs> instead of Autumn Dudes. Well, Autumn Dudes is like the west coast of the U.S. That's what that thing, you know. Hey, hey, hey man, you want to play some Autumn Dudes with me? Yeah, that's the Chinese ripoff right there. <laughs> okay, and then uh, from Chiryu Kong, the the podcast that we did, the last podcast was interesting. Will we ever get podcast episodes of all ten combinations to happen? I guess. I mean, there will have to be an episode with me, you, and Fangirl. Yep. So the three of and us. Then, then there's me and one Fangirl, of each. and yeah. then you and Fangirl. <laughs> I like that they think it's in that they they think the dynamic was interesting. I did I did remember th saying like I was like we never got that combination before, you know. It's like yeah. try them all, like <laughs> try every combination of Potosaurus 
and you can unlock the prize at the end. Yes, yes, yes. And then from Hony Kong, is it data or data? Doesn't I mean I'm just assuming that's what you're expecting because the the, the spelling is the same, just the pronunciation. Is it data or data? So for me, there there's a very fine rule here. Data is the information that you that you get from analyzing statistics or looking at information on the system. It's basically synonymous with information. Data is a is character in Star, Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, I, I would call it the exact same thing because data is what I get for information from statistical reports or anything kind of like that I need for business sense or dealing with numbers. Data is the guy in Star Trek. Right. Now, I know if, if you wanted the technical, like, the, the Webster book definition reason, data is the UK's version, data is the, the like, America version. But I, I have my way, you have your way, I, I'll always say data. Autumn bros. Yeah. Autumn bros. Why is Kudomaru not in P3 dancing? So basically, there's a there's a dog character called Kudomaru in Persona Three, and why isn't he in P3 dancing? I don't know. I'm not Atlas. <laughs> I I am now the proud owner of P4 and P3 to play eventually. But I have not played them enough to even know who Kuramaru is. I'm sorry. And that's also from Horny Kong. And then, I'm sorry, Horny. And then Kyo answered Kokuro Kakeru, Kokuro Denwa Suru. Basically, am I going to call your heart? Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hi. <laughs> And then there was a talk about characters in Modern Atlas and Kill Put. Why, why is their game worth money? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's just what Atlas is at this point. Atlas be Atlas, man. They make, Atlas be Atlas. They make a bunch of stuff. I, I personally don't have a problem with Atlas yet. Maybe I will after I play all the personas and all the digital devil sagas <laughs> I mean Shimigami Tensei is fine it's when you get to persona I mean, I'm pretty sure Atlas published the Dark Cloud games so I, I can't fault them uh, you know yeah. they're like they make they, they're, they're involved in some of my favorite games of all time Dark Cloud is so high up there that I'm pretty sure it's going to end up in my stream rotation soon because I feel like no one knows what I'm talking about when I talk about those games. Okay, and then this came after I put a call out for questions. Mutton Kong asked, aside from the self, uh, aside from the continuing disassociation from current events and sinking lower and lower into the nebulous collection of depression. Was What's that a the question? Theme of the show. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what is the show's theme? We I don't know. 
we talk. We kind of went, we, we went on a tangent about a lot of things this episode. Yeah, you know, I think the the connecting fiber between all of this, though, is everything is pulled together by Kingdom Hearts and the fact that Ken is in Hawaii. Everything comes back to that. <laughs> Like, no matter what, any any conversation we go back, we can always go back to the root. How is Hawaii, Ken? Yeah. There's the root. That's the, that's the solid foundation upon which the Potosaurus is built on. Um, <laughs> also, I believe the foundation is Kyo is here, but he hasn't been. So, you know, we're adapting here. We're evolving. Life finds a way. Thank you. And then thoughts on the rumor Skyward Sword coming around the same time as Breath of the Wild 2. So this is news. I didn't know that they were coming around the same time. I did see the little slip up of Amazon that they revealed that it was coming for the Switch, but Yeah, if they had a date on there if they had a date on there, I almost assure you that it is not an accurate date. But I will say there is probably merit to the idea of a switch re-release of skyward sword it is the most sought after of the re-releases right now shocking considering it came out on the wii but for me personally i can't complain i didn't have a chance to play it because i never had a wii yeah i was uh, gonna say for you this is perfect because it's you'll perfect. finally get the you'll finally get the get, play the game that you never played before it's the it's the only mainline zelda title that didn't come out on a handheld that i haven't played um even for the handhelds i did play a good chunk of them but there are uh, I never really completed any of those because they just don't hold my attention the same way as the 3D ones. Again, I'm addicted to 3D. If it's not 3D, it's probably not for me. Um, <laughs> not, not like the anime bros, huh? No, no. Got, gotta love the 2D anime bros. <laughs> okay, and then that was also from Mutton Kong. And then Fatal Kong asks, should Nintendo just remaster slash port all the Zelda games from... Ocarina of Time up to the Switch. Uh. Yes. It would be nice. I, I would, would like, like to. I would very much like them to do this, but they now ain't which version gonna. of the of Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask would you want? Would you want the original versions, or you would yes. you want the 3DS? No, no, I, I definitely want the originals, and it's mostly because after I actually do have a 3DS and the ability to play the 3D ones, and my biggest gripe with those is that it just doesn't feel the same. I wouldn't say it's as egregious as running something in, say, um, I don't know, the Unreal Engine when it previously was not, or like, I don't know, there's just a, a certain floatiness to certain engines, but there's no denying that moving these games graphically they're fine but moving these games up to like 60 frames a second with pretty substantial changes to the way movement works with some of the different forms i'm thinking majora's mass specifically here ocarina of time i think was probably fine with most of the changes and it didn't affect it too much but even so going from a game from two games that were running native at 20 frames a second to 60 all of a sudden everything is a little too fluid or almost feels 
cartoony. There's just an unnaturalness to it. It's so bizarre. It's almost like um, a lot of people describe with film, where after having gotten used to seeing movies at, I believe it's 29.97 frames per second, that's the um, the standard, they saw The Hobbit come out, and that was 60 frames a second, right? And it felt weird. People said it felt weird that it was filmed at 60 frames per second. It felt fantasy. It felt fake. It felt unreal. And I kind of had the same effect jumping from the N64 version of Ocarina of Time and Jorah to the remakes. It's so fluid that it doesn't feel natural. It feels off. Uh, anybody else who played both versions, let me know if you kind of got the same impression. But that's that's the main reason why I would want the originals. Uh, also because I just want to be able to have that um, that kind of gaming history preserved as is. There's not much point in porting a remake when you can port the original and people can experience the original as it was instead of giving them a reimagined version of it. Not that there isn't, isn't merit to the reimagining, but if you're going to do one, may as well do... I, honestly, they should do both. Honestly, just give me the option to choose. Which version? Yeah. Well, because I thought I thought they changed a couple things from Majora's Mask to have the UI little, little. They did. Up. I didn't like the cleaning because it made it, it it removed some of the personality to make it clean. Like that's the thing. Like they they're trying to strike a balance between artistic and mm. um, practical. And I will say 100% the UI of Majora's Mask is the antithesis of practical, but I still really appreciated it for being so thematically um, focused. Everything about it was so thematically focused around the ideas of, of the time cycle and the intrinsic nature of people's schedules tied to the... Um, existential dread that comes with having a 72-hour lifespan. All of that. Really poignant. Really great stuff. And I felt like changing the UI to kind of be cleaner, make things smoother, make... I don't know. It's, it's a fine balance. You know, you got to pick and choose what things are going to just make the game better for the modern day and what things are going to change the fundamental meaning. And I didn't feel like they hit the mark every time with the Majora's Mask remake. Ocarina of Time more or less was okay. I felt like that retained a lot more of its character than Majora, the Majora remake did. Mm. Yeah, so I'm, I'm wondering if you just mean mainline, mainline console games or if you mean everything that was put up there. So, like... The what was the ones that you go into the walls? A link, Link's Awakening. Uh, that's a link between worlds. Is the one where you go between walls. Yeah. So, would you, would you want a a remake or a port of that to the Switch? I want a port of every Zelda game to the current console that I have, just so that I have the option. That's what made the promise of the virtual console on Wii so promising. It was the idea that, oh, good. If I buy this, it doesn't mean that my old consoles have to die. I still have this preserved in a way that I can access on my newest console. The minute they take away reverse compatibility is the minute that I go, well, shoot, now 
Well, I mean, that's that's the thing with Nintendo at this point because their their games media and storage media just vastly different from generation to generation that you can't possibly do that without keeping the old systems on hand. They can't, no, they can't reverse, so ultimately it has to be a virtual console of some kind. They cannot, if they keep changing their formats and the way that the the items are delivered, they clearly cannot just, you can't take an N64 cartridge and shove it into your Switch and expect it to work right. But... Oh man, you can't? (laughs) But they have, they've done emulation on the Wii before and they can do it again. Uh, In fact... In some instances, the emulation on the Wii was so good that speedrunners prefer using the virtual console version of N64 games purely because it's a lot easier to practice running because you can actually it has inbuilt save states and that sort of thing. So there's actually some benefits to to being able to play the games that way that weren't there on original hardware. So I just I thought it was a cool idea that they implemented that on the Wii, and I, I wish that they hadn't backpedaled on it and, and retained it in their future consoles. So, yes, I want to see all of them available to me to play. There is no reason not to want access to the full library, but if I have to pick and choose which games I'm going to get, I want to see the N64 games. I want to see, probably at this point, um, a lot of the 3DS games and probably Wii and Wii U just so that we collate the and end game what the hell am i saying that's like all of them right but n64 gamecube wii wii u any mainline console i want to still have access to those games somehow handhelds it's a little bit different because i don't usually consider those canon with the series if they came out on a handheld even if kingdom hearts is a massive exception to that rule and i also believe that a lot of those are significantly easier to emulate yourself they're usually pretty low power and and easily run on pcs so as as a as a techie guy um i know that those are a lot more readily available and accessible than something like a mainline console though it would be nice to have reverse compatibility for the handheld games too since the switch is apparently both it would make sense to just kind of have all points converge and meet at switch that was a very long-winded answer to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then continue. What's your home. opinion, Ken? <laughs> hold on, hold on. What's your opinion? I mean, go right ahead. I'm not going to play them anyway because <laughs> I never – Like, that's, my, that's my, my, my gaming sin is I've never beaten a Zelda game before. So <laughs> Repent and play or forever hold this black mark on your soul. I'm trying with Breath of the Wild. I'm trying. Why would you try with the biggest one? You have, like, substantially shorter games. You this could've... is the third time I've – what do you Ken, mean Ken, short again? No, I can go, Ken, I can go Ocarina and be Ganon right Ocarina now. Ocarina of Time. I can be is, right now. <laughs> Ocarina of Time is 20 hours long. Majora's Mask is 15. I can be Breath Ganon of the Wild. Hours. Breath of the Wild, if you play it correctly, is 120. What do you mean correctly? I, I have to be Ganon, don't I? If I be Ganon within three hours. Oh, man. I want to see you try. Go. Be Ganon right now. 
Go do it. Say that you beat Breath of the Wild. I dare you. All right. All right. If I do it, will you get off my back? No. Play the other ones, you idiot. <laughs> oh, man. All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, Alabama Tofu asks, why do people play, still play Zelda when... We have the objectively superior Ocean Horn. What the hell is Ocean Horn? <laughs> he's he's really good at knowing actual video games that I've never heard of somehow. <laughs> Pretty awful, but also interestingly enough, this looks an awful lot like um, there is, there was an N, a Japanese only released N sixty four game that came out back in the nineties. It was like pound for pound. A clone of Link to the Past. Don't you, don't you mean N for N? But um, <laughs> uh, this is basically that, but it's like if you took Zelda, Link Between Worlds, and said, "What if we did that?" And that was the end of the sentence, and they made a game. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Yeah, so Pudding um, Kong ask. <laughs> so, so what, what what do we think of the vastly superior Ocean Horn? I really love that there's a screenshot for iOS and Android of Ocean Horn Two: Knights of the Lost Realm, which there's there's a sequel. <laughs> yes, there's a sequel, and here's the best part. I'm looking at the HUD for this thing. And I do not know if this is just somebody made a meme to, like, mm. make a joke at how similar this is to Zelda, or if this is literally the game's HUD, in which case it looks identical to Breath of the Wild. Like, it's not even trying to hide it. It is so similar to Breath of the Wild, I'm surprised it hasn't been sued. Yeah, it looks exactly like like Breath of the Wild. What the hell is this? <laughs> yeah, it's so similar that if you saw it... Uh, just playing in somebody's living room your first thing would be like oh hey cool Breath of the Wild and then the character turns around and you see the face and you're like what is happening <laughs> it's for uh, Apple Apple Arcade so uh, yeah it's clearly for like iOS and Android so I guess if you really want to not buy a Switch you can kind of experience a really watered down awful version of Breath of the Wild or just go straight to go and kill Jet again <laughs> Yeah, just just go kill the just go kill Ganon. Just watch Ken kill Ganon. You'll get the entire Zelda experience and save yourself so much time. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stream myself. You got a three hour stream. Just go kill Ganon <laughs> to make a point to you, Timber. Okay, uh, pudding pudding Kong asks, why does Zelda wear a green hat? I think you're also confused because isn't it Link? Or does Zelda wear a green hat? I don't think Zelda ever wore a green hat, to my recollection. Unless he's trolling. I mean, if you got the DLC for wearing the green hat on Zelda, then... I mean, that really really pulls together her entire wardrobe. Uh, Especially in Ocarina of Time, where she just has that, like, royal dress on at all times with a tiara. I think the hat really pulls it together. just a random green like baseball cap is that <laughs> yeah <interesting>? yep exactly <laughs> just the the bill over her face she's just like all right give me the peanuts it's time for the baseball game i'm a i'm a fan of the nationals yeah 
Also, is there really a timeline, or is it something trying to make the fans happy by making stuff up? Well, that's been the that's so, that has been. I was. This is this is the kind of episode that I really need fangirl because I would let you guys go at this. <laughs> I can absolutely talk about the timeline, but that's that's something that people have debated for a while on what the actual motivation behind the timeline is. So at the end of the day, the existence of the timeline is definitely to appease fans because Nintendo got sick of hearing people argue about it and they wanted to just be like, okay, here it is. Stop talking about this. Just leave us alone, right? But, I mean, I think there's merit to following what they said, especially because the the theory that they pitched is probably the most interesting, the notion that there's a, a three-way split caused by the temporal nature of Ocarina of Time as an entry in the series. Uh, it makes sense. Now, people can argue about the exact placements of things that have happened since then, and that's where people start to kind of get a little weird. It's like, where does, Rup- where does Tingle's Rupee Land fall on the timeline? What about... Link's archery range. <laughs> I mean, doesn't that happen bef- in between Twilight Princess? Because it's Twilight. Twilight Link. It's yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be. Yeah, it's the hero of Twilight. Yeah, it has to be like either in the middle of it. Just you never played it, right? Like where technically where does Legend of Hyrule happen? Legend of Hyrule. Which one was oh, that? Sorry, 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 sorry. Hy- Hyrule. Hy- Hyrule the Warriors. Warriors game. Yes, yeah, Hyrule, Hyrule Warriors. Warriors. I believe people place that at the end of the Wind Waker timeline because, well, be, because I, I thought it's I thought, like that one kind of has to fall in like its own dimensional like because it, that's that's alternate timelines. Yeah, it has merged okay. timelines in that. That's that one kind of falls in the same category as like Super Smash, where it's like okay, somehow he's over here. This is a different link. Uh, this is the time. This is the weird timeline where hey, and Linkle, don't forget Linkle. God damn it, <laughs> Linkle. Uh, God, whatever happened to Linkle? People forgot about Linkle. No, I never forgot about Linkle. God damn it. <laughs> um, I, I do. No, uh, you know, I li- I lied. There is one Zelda game that I played, and it's fucking Hyrule Warriors. It's so good though. That one's really good. It's good. I, well, then again, because it's like I love Musou games, so that's one thing. I just loved being able to play with all, like, it's just tremendous fan service. The fact that you can play as, like, Majora's Mask Link, and they, they kind of covered all of the different characters in a way that the mainline series never dared, right? Or even something like Super Smash Bros. It's like, come on, why can't I play a Skull Kid? Why is Skull Kid not a thing? Why is he just a background, like, weird thing? Like, is it is it that it's too powerful to just throw the moon at somebody? Like, come on, man. Um, you, get, you get that with this game? Yeah, I absolutely get that with this game. It's amazing. It went all yeah, so, out. Yeah, so, I mean, it's interesting because, like, I think with Hi- uh, the, the Hyrule Warriors, I think it's near the end of the timeline, but bef- and that would explain why... Breath of the Wild is there because it's the merge of all the timelines. Yeah, Breath of the Wild does merge timelines. Because doesn't it include both the Greedo and the the fish people? A lot of people got upset at Nintendo for suggesting that this is a merge timeline because that breaks the timeline in a lot of ways. 
But then you just you just have Hyrule Warriors be the end of one of one timeline of the Wind Waker timeline, and then at the end of Hyrule Warriors, the new timeline happens of of it being. Well, sure, you could you could tie you could tie it together that way, but then you have to think about like, what does that mean? Like, okay, so at some point in the future, everybody has memories of three different timelines that somehow happened simultaneously and then somehow came together again? Like, how how would people know about the fact that Link simultaneously died but also didn't die in Ocarina of Time? (laughs) How do you explain that in the history books? (laughs) You never heard that history where George Washington died and didn't die at the same time? Like, I think the way they explain it in Breath of the Wild is that they forgot the history so this is the this is the timeline where they don't remember <laughs> things anymore so it's like it's so far in the past they don't remember so it's like fine i guess i guess all of the things happened at once but how do you logically explain this oh we're having a bunch of fun here today <laughs> <laughs> i want answers nintendo get shigeru miyamoto on the line yeah. uh, answers for that is yeah there's a timeline i just explained it to my own complicated way is there you go i will say that before we introduce breath of the wild there is a lot of consistency in the original theories though even down to things like the fact that the like sword trainer in breath in twilight princess is the previous link who was the small is the kid is 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 what happened to kid link after he returned to hyrule after succeeding in majora's mask where he proceeded to be a knight for the royal court, where he eventually died being a great knight for Hyrule. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. Okay, and then continue on to our last bit of questions here from Kill. Does Glover, does Glover slap? Oh, Glover slaps all right. Yeah. Glover. And does Pokemon snap? I guess it depends on which Pokemon. I guess some snap at you. Some slap at you. Some even and peek then, at you. Yeah, yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, You're welcome, Kyo. Uh, yeah, I guess that's uh, that's that's it for questions here, because the last one is for Kyo, so I'm not going to ask that on the air and expect him to answer back to us. It's been a very long time, Kyo. I've got a question for you. Yeah, I know, right? So... With that, you have anything coming up that you want to pimp out, by the way? Well, currently on the twitch.tv slash TimberTaft, where I do my twitch.tv slash TimberTafting, I am playing Paper Mario and the Origami King. If you haven't heard of it, it is the best Paper Mario game to have come out since Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. You know, it's funny. It's, it's funny that you say that because I... I on a whim I suggested that you were going to play that on my podcast and then sure enough that Saturday you're playing Paper Mario. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I foretold the future. Yes. Uh the twist is that I also have my accomplice Alchemy Fox on the lo- on the air when we're streaming doing actual origami every time I fail an alignment in Origami King. So far I haven't failed so she's just been making them for fun for the audience and Maybe if I, you know, if I'm a good gamer, maybe that's just how it'll be the whole time, but I doubt it. <laughs> All right. 
Uh, also, youtube.com slash timbertaft. I still have my Witcher picnicking series in the works. If you haven't seen the latest episode, that is up. Uh, the It's still the Caramoran one. So check that out if you're into the idea of picnicking in The Witcher. <laughs> and also uh, twitter.com slash timbertaft if you want to see my schedule. That's, that's also a thing. Uh, but that's all I got. And for me and my things is... We just did a artist spotlight for a particular artist. His name is Kenshi Yonezu. He is probably one of the best composers coming out of Japan right now. And if you want us to, if you want to hear us talk about his career and all of his accomplishment, go check it out at Ongakuryu. He, we have this thing called our artist spotlight. This was our ninth one, no seventh or ninth. I think it's seventh. I don't think it's that high as my other co-hosts would put it as. But it's pretty, we, we, we've done a lot of them, and it's probably one of the best things that I usually do for this podcast. But, but besides that, where can we find you guys on the internet? Where can we find you, Timber? <laughs> I was phrased in the weirdest possible way. Because I'm like, I keep on forgetting <laughs> so, that it's just me and you. <laughs> yeah. So where can we find you guys, Timber Taft in the plural? Um. Well, Timber Taft. <laughs> the Timber Tafts. <laughs> the Timber Tafts. Yes, you can find Timber Taft number one streaming at twitch.tv slash Timber Taft every Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday starting at 9 p.m. Eastern. If you want to see Timber Taft number two posting tweets uh, about puppies and, and kibbles and so, and, so and, wrong, and, and, and random crap uh you can go to twitter.com slash timber taft and if you want to know what timber taft number three is up to well i guess he's making youtube videos but he constantly goes on hiatuses but when he's not he's making witcher <laughs> three picnic videos uh you should probably watch those what about you ken i think you already went over this you can find no <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on my Japanese music-based podcast, Ongaku to You. You can find it on all podcast media services. You can find the site where I do some light reporting and stuff like that at com. You can find me personally on Twitter at OTYKen1, where I talk about Bang Dream, Aina Aiba, Bang Dream, visual novels, Bang Dream, games. And did I mention Bang Dream? Yeah, bang dream. Much bang dream. Much dreaming, much, much banging. Much dreaming, much banging. Oh, I totally forgot. There was another or another question on here that that someone put up. I f- totally forgot to mention. I'm so sorry. There was one that asked, "Why don't we invite Tofu and drill Z- Zelda info into his Zelda-less brain?" And the reason for that is 